throughout the Bible, as we read through it, God uses physical realities that we can readily comprehend. Things that we can feel and touch. Situations and circumstances that we can easily find ourselves identifying with. He uses these things to help us understand spiritual realities which are not always so immediately obvious or clear. So, for example, we find Jesus using both factual things and also fictional scenarios that he puts to his listeners. So in terms of factual things, he says, consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, how God feeds them and clothes them. He uses fictional stories. A certain man had two sons. A man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and fell amongst thieves. Suppose a son asked his father for bread. And so on. The Apostle Paul, he uses images of athletics Farming and fighting as a soldier to depict various aspects of the Christian life. He likens the church to a building made of living stones and to a body made up of all kinds of different members with different roles and functions within. All kinds of physical realities that we can readily comprehend, that help us to understand spiritual truths which aren't always so immediately obvious. So it's not stretching things to say that in the many encounters that Jesus had with people, we can draw out from those encounters spiritual lessons and parallels. And that in large part is what we'll be doing for several weeks now, through till the middle of July. As I said, to do that, I'll be selecting different accounts from the Gospel of Mark. And today we've been looking at chapter 1. This morning, beginning at verse 21, we went up to verse 39. And this evening we pick up at verse 40. As Jesus has this leper come to him. I want to speak to you under three headings. It's a great picture, what we have recorded here. The headings are very, very simple. They kind of chose themselves. Heading number one, a leprous man. A leprous man. Leprosy. A disease which, if left untreated... And in Bible times, of course, there was no treatment for leprosy. A disease which could gradually ravage your entire body. There's no cure for this man. A disease which would slowly and gradually reduce and impair your physical abilities. It could even cause you to lose fingers and toes. 
it would make you unable to work and earn a living. Once diagnosed, and especially for the Jews under the uh, Judean law that God had given them, they were cast out from their communities. They had to live separately outside of the towns and villages. They were declared to be unclean. No more physical contact could take place. To be diagnosed with leprosy was one of the most dreaded things a Jewish man or woman could ever contemplate happening to them or to one of their loved ones. And the person who has become leprous stands for us in the Bible as an illustration of the spiritual state of sinful men and women before God. Now, of course, one thing just has to be said. Sin doesn't come upon us gradually like leprosy does upon the body. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that we are sinful from the moment of our conception. Every baby that has ever been born into this world, except one, comes out of the, out of the womb thoroughly riddled with sin. And so there is a slight difference. Whereas this disease came upon this man slowly and gradually, that's not how sin comes upon us. But this man, desperate in his plight now, as one who presumably has had leprosy really take hold of his body in a very serious way, a body that is being ruined by this terrible disease, he stands up well for us as an illustration for sin. You see, just like this physical disease in this man's body, Sin also ravages every aspect of our being and nature. There is no part of us which has been left untouched or unstained by sin. Tim Keller puts it quite helpfully, I think. If sin was blue, you would be blue all over and all through there would be no part of you that was not blue. Might we be different shades of blue? Perhaps. Might there be bits of you within yourself that would be different shades of blue? Perhaps. But if sin were blue, everything in you would be blue. We have been completely ravaged by sin before God. Sin takes hold of our thought life, takes hold of our emotional life. Sin has affected our physical bodies. The fact that we grow old and die, this is the result of sin in the world. The fact that our bodies stop working the way they should, this is the result of sin in the world. Do be careful that you don't start trying to attribute specific things to specific sins and find yourself in very dangerous and dodgy ground. 
when you start to try and do that. But the world that God made was good. It's not good now. There was a time when Adam and Eve were good in a way that none of us are good. Sin has ruined everything. Sin warps and twists all of our affections. And in particular, it makes us proud. Sin makes us self-centred instead of being God-centred. It causes us to be rebellious towards God. Sin causes us to be dismissive of his word. As Paul explains it to the Romans, we have exchanged the truth for the lie. And that lie comes in all shapes and forms. We have, as Isaiah phrases it, turned our own way because of our sin. And so the world is full of people who are proud of their own opinion. They are proud in their own opinion. They believe that it is their right to be able to choose to do that which is right in their own eyes, regardless of what God may say or think. Instead of desiring to please God, sinful men and women desire only to please themselves. Instead of living to give glory to God, they live to gain glory for themselves. Everything has been warped and twisted. Everything that once was declared by God to be good in this creation has been tainted and twisted by sin. And we'll do anything to get our way. Our hearts are deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. And we see this being worked out in all kinds of different ways wherever we look around the world and throughout history. It's always been this way. And just as leprosy was loathsome to the people, the disease of our souls makes us loathsome before a holy God. We're unfit to be in his presence. And it's caused a great rift to open up between God and ourselves. And I'm responsible for it. You're responsible for it. It's my sin. It's your sin that has done this. And this disease has affected all of us. There is none righteous, says the Bible, not one. We are, says Isaiah, all as an unclean thing before God. Here's this man as he approaches Jesus, this outcast, this unclean man, this one who is to be kept outside, this one who is not supposed to approach because he can't, because of his condition. There is this picture of a sinful man, a sinful woman, 
a sinful teenager, a sinful boy, a sinful girl before the holy God. Secondly, he's a leprous man who knows he's a leper. Now that might sound obvious, but bear with me. I suspect that for most people in Bible times, the first suspicion that you have that you've got leprosy, the first thing you do is keep it to yourself. Well, maybe it's not leprosy. No, of course it's not leprosy. How could I have leprosy? It'll go away. It'll prove to be something else. The problem was, leprosy is a disease which is only heading in one direction. It's only going to get worse. And it is going to reach the stage when you just can't conceal it anymore. Some of you have discovered that sin's like that too. The day arrives when you have to admit to yourself I'm a leper the day arrives when you have to reveal to your family and loved ones I'm a leper the day arrives when following the law that was laid down in the Old Testament you go to the priest and through him make known to the entire community I am a leper. The day arrives when you have to admit. The day arrives when you have to confess. I'm a leper. This man knows he's a leper. Now, it is an obvious thing to say, but it's a most significant point for this reason, you see. This man could have spent every day burying his head in the sand, reciting to himself over and over again, I'm not a leper, I'm not a leper, I'm not a leper. Now he was, and that wouldn't stop him from being so, but that could have been his reaction, that could have been his behaviour. I'm not a leper, I'm not a leper, I'm not a leper. And if that had been his response, two things would have resulted. Number one, his leprosy would have continued to get worse. And number two, he would not have gone to Christ that day to cry out for help. So the fact that this is a leprous man who knows he's a leper is a very significant point to emphasize. I know of a woman, she's in her 70s now. I've known her for 40 years. She's heard the gospel preached. She's not someone here, by the way. She's heard the gospel preached many times. She's heard me preach it. She's heard better men than me preach it. And she remains unsaved. Why? She'll tell you. I'm not sinful enough to need saving. I'm not a sinner. Not like that. Not that kind of sinner. Not the kind of sinner that needs to be saved. Not the kind of sinner that sent Jesus to the cross. I'm just not that bad. 
I'm just not that much in need. This is precisely what Jesus is talking about in verse 17 of, Matthew, of Mark chapter 2 that I referred to briefly this morning. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Now, there isn't anybody who's well, but there are loads of people who think they're well before God. There are loads of people who have convinced themselves they don't have this sin disease of the soul. There are loads of people who refuse to have this label attached to them. There are lots of people who simply will not go there. They will not go there. Me, a sinner? Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick I've come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's those who understand that they have the disease who go to the doctor for help. I'm sure there are some doctors here who can tell you of their frustrations at people who are perfectly healthy who keep coming to them wanting treatment for this, that and the other. But it's those who know they're sick who go to the doctor for help. But there are many who stay away from the gospel simply because they're convinced that they're not ill. Also, of course, people feared leprosy because of what it would mean if they were found to have it. Having leprosy has some very definite and unpleasant ramifications in your life. People often don't want to own up to sin for the same reason. Again, Paul insists in the opening two chapters of Romans that everyone in their conscience knows that sin exists. Everyone in their conscience knows that God exists. Everyone in their conscience knows that when they sin, they sin against God. But another aspect of their sinfulness means that they detest the ramifications of owning up to their sin. Because actually they love their sin. And they despise the Bible. And they despise God, if he is the God of the Bible. Some, of course, invent a God of their own, a God who permits them to continue in their sin. But that's a God of their own invention. But do you see what a blessed position this leper is in for not denying his leprosy? Because in not denying his leprosy, he has come to Christ. And it's the same for us before God in our sin. What a blessed position you are in if you fall down before Almighty God and confess your sin. Now the world will probably think you're barking mad. I know that. But you're not. And there is no better place for a sinner to be than at the feet of Christ confessing their sin. Have you been there? Are you there? 
to acknowledge before God that there is no good in you. You're a sinful, wicked creature. You're like a leper before him. It will be the eternal ruin of countless millions that they could never get themselves to that point. Me? A sinner? Me? Acknowledge my sin before God? Me? Repent of my sin? Millions upon millions will go to a lost eternity because that's their position. But look what happens to this man. The leper who knows he's a leper who comes to Christ. Because he's a leprous man, thirdly, who knows he needs what only Christ can give. This man knows that the Lord Jesus Christ, this Jesus of Nazareth, and as you can see, we're only in the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. This is very early on in the ministry of Christ. This man already can see, beyond any doubt, that this Jesus of Nazareth is his only hope. Perhaps he's already been fleeced by those who claim to have a cure for this disease. Or maybe he's spoken to plenty of others who have. This outcast draws near to Christ. He kneels in humble submission before Christ Perhaps, using our imagination, we can see him stretching out one of his leprous, damaged hands. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What a sight this is to picture in your mind. This pitiable man. If this draws a blank, he has nowhere else to turn. If this draws a blank, everything is up for him. If this doesn't work, the only thing this man has to look forward to is a slow, painful death. I need to be clean. I long to be clean. What a thing that is to declare on your knees before the Saviour. Now how do you think Jesus is going to react to a man like that in that position? To realise your perilous state and to call out to the one person the one person who has what it takes to do something for you. Have you been there before Christ? Because look at Christ's reaction. 
Because if you will come to Christ as a sinner, in the same way that this man came to Christ as a leper, you can be assured that this will be Christ's response for you. Christ is moved with compassion for this man. What love and mercy Christ has for men and women whose lives are blighted in this sinful world. He's moved with compassion. What tenderness and loving kindness is found in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ for this man. I am willing. Of course I am willing. You have no idea how willing I am. God does not desire that any should perish. And he touches him. He does the unthinkable. He touches the leper. Be cleansed. That's all it takes. That's all it needs. This is the Lord of glory speaking these words. Remember this morning the authority that we see in Christ. This is the man who spoke creation into being. Be cleansed. Wow. Two words and a simple touch. That's the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be cleansed. And look at verse 42. As soon as he had spoken... Immediately. You get the point that Mark doesn't want us to miss this? As soon as, immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Oh, that our medics could find medicine like that. As soon as. Immediately. And what about the sinner? What about the sinful man or woman or boy or girl who comes to Christ? Well, I don't know whether it's come to your mind, but I immediately found myself thinking of the words of David in Psalm 51. Here's a sinner, admitting he's a sinner, on his knees before Christ. Some of you might think, hang on, this is the Old Testament. No, I haven't got it wrong. Here's a sinner, on his knees, confessing his sin before Christ. Have mercy upon me, O God. Why? According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgressions. That's a very important part of what David is saying here. 
My sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned. I've done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. He's not saying that his mum did something sinful that, he, that she became pregnant. He's saying that he was conceived in sin. He's been a sinner from the moment he was the tiniest, tiniest embryo in the womb. You desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me, I'll be clean, wash me. I'll be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. And what does the New Testament tell us? Because this is one Bible. What does the New Testament tell us? The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you from all sin. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You get on your knees before Christ like David did and I can absolutely guarantee that you will be met with compassion and with grace by the Lord. As far as the east is from the west, so far have your sins been removed from you. It's glorious what we see through this leper. Christian friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, will you not pray and pray like you've never prayed before? as the gospel is proclaimed this week in Chester and Cambridge and on the doors around the church and in the city centre on Saturday afternoon and as you seek to testify of Christ throughout this week in all the different places you'll be and each Lord's Day and for BBB an impact on Fridays and over all the outreach that's being planned for the summer, will you not pray like you've never prayed before that men and women in their sin would cast themselves before Christ? Will you not make a point this evening of making sure that whatever it is you've got to do this week, you will meet with the Lord's people to pray that lost men and women ravaged by sin would fall on their knees and confess their sins before Christ that they might be saved and cleansed that Christ might say to them I am willing and I have done everything you need and you in me can be cleansed of all your sin would you not join us and pray and pray and pray pray that God by his spirit would convince people of their desperate need of Christ, that they might, like the leper, fall on their knees and plead his cleansing power, that they might have the joy of this man. What joy filled his heart. He couldn't, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. 
Jesus asked him to. Couldn't help himself. I've got to tell people what this man's just done for me. Unsaved friends, what is keeping you? Do you think you have no sickness and therefore you have no need of Christ? Very well, be on your way. The gospel will do you no good while you remain in that condition. But we will pray for you. Perhaps that's not you though. Perhaps you can see this evening that on the inside you're just like this leper. And you know it's time to stop trying to hide it. It's time to stop pretending it isn't there. It's time to confess your sin. It's time to acknowledge that you need what only Christ can give. And if that's you, then this evening, come, confess, ask, repent, believe, and trust in Christ, and be made clean. Receive Christ's cleansing cure for sin. There is no other way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. And yet, O oh Lord, how hard it is because of our sinful hearts. Move, we pray, by your Holy Spirit. Convict and convince those who are lost of their great need of the Saviour. That even in this evening hour, they might turn to Christ and be made whole forever. Amen.